0: okay okay om tatsat om namashivaya jaya makali hara hara Mahadeva. so today um we have a storytelling episode meaning we're going to talk about ghosts and goblins and demons and vampires and in the demonology of india they are pishach flesh-eating man-eating demons pishach pishach are probably the evilest of them all there's pishach then there's vetala vetalas are like spirits but they're like vampiric and they possess dead corpses and there's a very famous story actually about a king um vikram aritya and uh, a ghost vetala it's like 25 chapters 25 stories and there it's just the, the the king and the demon or not the demon but i guess vampire or ghoul i'm not really sure what the english word would be for vetala maybe somebody could tell me later they're like they're like vampire spirits but they're immaterial and they go inside corpses and animate the corpses and the corpses come to life and you talk to them. You you can even you can talk to them even if they're not in the corpse though. That's an important thing. They typically they go inside corpses, they animate the corpses, and the corpses come to life. So in that sense, they're kind of like zombies or ghouls, because the corpses, they their their vehicle is the corpse. Madhu Devi, namaste, namaste. Okay, ghost story time. We should be around a fire. I should have a, a flashlight under my chin like this. But <laughs> so this Vetala, it's like, I'll talk about it more in the lecture, of course, but it goes into corpses. But in this particular story, which we're going to talk a lot about in the lecture, the Vetala comes out also. And as an immaterial spirit, it can be spoken to. So there are Vetalas, there are Pishach pishachas. There are asuras, of course, as you know, demons, just dhanavas, daityas, asuras. But there are also like other beings that are not really malevolent. Like, oh, there's rakshashas, these forest demons we're going to talk about. They're dangerous ones. There's asuras, rakshashas, Vetalas, pishachas. These are all like really dangerous cremation ground, like forest creatures not to be messed around with, right? Very dangerous. But there are also some beings in, in this demonology or in this, like, cosmology, if you will, that aren't necessarily dangerous. They're not malevolent, but they can be pretty mischievous. Like, they can hide things and steal things, and they're quite tricksy. So you don't want to make deals with them because oftentimes they might take your firstborn or, or or cause you to be lost in the forest. It's like the Pishacha will eat you. Like, it literally eats flesh, right? The rakshasha might smite you like it kills you it, it, it delights in slaughter it, it, it takes and vetalas did they have this like they take joy and delight in driving people mad and causing infant mortality like making people sick like they, they're, they're actively malevolent right these beings aren't like that um but they can still get you in trouble they can cause you to get lost in the forest they can steal your clothes if you're bathing they can, which might be bad if you're in the forest and you have no protection they might steal your um food uh, like kind of yogi bear <laughs> so they they are uh, yakshas yakshas or yakshinis tree spirits um there are gandharvas there are of course there are aps apsaras apsaras are like dangerous for sages because they come to seduce them and like steal all their tapas so there's some of those beings that I want to talk about also so today's lecture is going to be all about that I wanted to sing some songs today that kind of match that vibe, if you will. So think of this as kind of a setup for the lecture that we're about to have, the Halloween special lecture on ghost ghouls and the gore motif in tantra. So our selection is as follows. I want to make it a tradition that we, we sing um, the Chandi, the first and third hymn at least, short hymns of the Chandi. So I want to make that a bit of like a kind of running tradition in our community. I know many of you are studying the Chandi and it could be valuable to have some space wherein we chant it together. You know, so that's going to be something I hope to add to the schedule. Like Before we start our 7 p.m. lecture, we'll just chant some chandi together. Another thing I thought we could add to our sort of litany, if you will, or our repertoire, our community songbook, if you will, is the Bhairava Stava of Abhinava Gupta. Now, there are many different ways to sing it. Uh, Julie just now was talking to Amrita Devi about different meters. And so Bhairava Stava, just like Paramahari, uh, uh Paramarthasara. both of them are written in, in a particular uh, verse style called trishtub trishtub is quite complex actually it's 11 beats per quarter line so it's 22 beats per hemistich or a, a half verse so altogether it'd be 44 beats for the whole it's like kind of it's kind of long actually you know a gayatri the gayatri chant that's 8 beats per line right so it'd be like it'd be like um om kali kaye vidmahe smashana vasinye deemahi. Smashana Vasinyedi Smashana Vasiny Di Mahi tanno Gore Prachodayata Like it would be eight I think so it's a kind of a Om Ramakrishnaya Vidmahe. Like, I guess some people We'll drop the ohm or keep the ohm, but that's the Gayatri meter. Right? It's supposed to be eight eight eight, I think. Then there are other meters like Anushtu meter. That's supposed to be sixteen per half verse, like the Bhagavad Gita. As you know, the ayato vishayan pumsa sangate Pajayate, there's um sixteen. So Bhagavad Gita, the whole thing is written in Shloka meter or anustubh meter. That's perhaps the most popular meter in India, in, in Indian spiritual literature. And so I like verses, uh, hymns 1 and 3 from the Chandi because both of them are in anustubh. See, Tvam Swaha, tvam Swadha, tvam hi vasat kāra sudha tvam akshare nitye you see four lines of eight all together they make 32 half is 16 half is 16. Anushtub is really nice because as we discussed previously it's like the waning and waxing periods of the moon so 16 days till the moon waxes fully and 16 days till the moon wanes completely so 16 waxing days 16 waning days so 16 that shodashi is the maybe the most famous shloka verse I, i think i think it might be the most famous now, Tantric literature, especially Abhinava Gupta and some of the 10th, 11th century stuff, it's very sophisticated. Isn't it beautiful? Right? Like the way, once you get to the end of a verse, you would have gone through a whole like moon cycle, if you will. I think it's so profound. And I don't know, I'm sure, I don't know if anybody's done this, but I'm sure you can like look at the way the beats match each of the moon days, you know, and I'm sure like there's like a, a word that matches the full moon and a word that match, matches the new moon. Or half moon words you know like i'm sure there's a way to like analyze a particular verse of 32 beats 16 beats per half um according to the moon it, it's like you, you go you go on a journey every time you chant these verses flowing through the nakshatram or the anyway i'm not, I'm not going to get into that there's so much astrology to it and there's so much uh, math to it and there's so much like beauty and precision to something that you know on the surface it's just beautiful and, and that, that alone is enough but when you dive deep you see it, it's infinitely rich and that's a Gandharvas and Apsaras. They're like celestial musicians and celestial dancers. So we have to credit a lot of those beings, actually, for developing some of these Indian arts because these are supernatural arts. These are arts that are, that are taught to our ancestors, perhaps taught to them, not by humans, but by these beings that live in celestial planes like Gandharva Loka or, or Indra Loka or something like that. So they, this is really otherworldly art. You can feel it. When you start chanting this stuff, you're like... Oh. You know the Shiva Mahimna Stotra? Some of you might be familiar with that. It was written by a Gandharva named Pushpadanta. Not written, but rather sung. So Pushpadanta meaning flower foot? No, flower tooth, flower tooth, flower tooth. His name is flower tooth. Pushpadanta. Why is he flower toothed? You know, because he's so fragrant. His words are so fragrant. As a Gandharva, he's not only a great musician, he's like the master poet. Pushpadanta. Uh, Ganesh is called Ekadanta, which means single tooth. And Ma Kali is sometimes called Rakta Dantini. Rakta Danta, meaning red toothed one, because her mouth is always filled with blood. She's always eating demons and licking Rakta Bija's blood and what have you. So Pushpadanta, I mean, as compared to Ekadanta, single tusked Ganesh, or Rakta Danta, blood red Kali, red mouthed Kali, there's Pushpadanta, flower mouthed or flower toothed um fairy so he wrote the shiva mahimna stotra i think it's kind of cool right these stotras and sutis that are um are written not by human but by supernatural demigods if you will so we're gonna chant the first and third hymn why because it's in that anushtub meter that shloka verse that comes so naturally to so many people like there's a major key version of it which i quite like which is that like Twam Swaha Twamswadha hi Vashat Kara Swaratmika. There's that there's that version, you know. But there's also a minor key version that I like a lot. I'm sure you've heard it, like Twam Swa Twam Swada Twamhi, Vashatkara Swaratmika, Sudhā Twamaksharini tridhamatratmika Matratmikastita have you heard i love that one a lot it's it's solemn and profound and i typically do my pujas to that so you might hear om you know, ma pasar pantu te bhuta ye bhuta bhuvi sangsita, ye bhuta, you know Vignakartara stena that by the way somewhat apropos, because that is the um exorcism mantra the ghost smiting mantra but notice that it's an Anishtu. Or even like Om Guru Brahma, Guru Vishnu, Guru Devo Maheshwara, like even Guru uh, Guru Gita, like a lot of these things are in Anashtub. So it's good to familiarize yourself with Anashtub. But this other meter, which Julie is studying now in the Sara and also in the Bhairavastava, it's one of Abhinava Gupta's favorites. I think so. It's called Trishtub. Although most of Sara is not in that. Most of it is an aria, but the very beginning of Paramarthasara is in um Trishtub. Uh, Trishtub is somewhat less common. It means 11 beats per quarter, so 22 beats per half. So let's let's try a Trishtub. It would be Param Parastam Gahanad Anadim 11. See? Ekam Nevishtam Bahudaguhasu 11. Sarvalayam sarvachara charastam. 11 and that makes 44 so i like that melody for it there's also so i there's so many melodies if you go online and i i really highly recommend that you just go on youtube and type bhairava stava or bhairava stotra um it was composed by abhinava gupta in the year 1993 we know that cuz he says so at the end of the verse, he says, Vasu uh, Rasha Paushe Krishna Dasham Yam, Abhinava Gupta Stava Imam Makarot. I, Abhinava Gupta, have composed this hymn on the 10th uh, day of the waning moon cycle in the month of, in Krishna Paushe. So it's, it's kind of interesting. He t- he dates the post. So in 1993, Abhinava Gupta gives this Bhairava Stava. Ni- not 1993, oh my God, what? 993 AD, what, 1993 <laughs> Maybe also, maybe also, as Lakshmanju, maybe, you know. But so um you'll find many different ways to sing that. And you might on YouTube find one that you really like. Yeah, you're hard to just you're like you're like, wait, nineteen nine 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 three I said that in nineteen ninety-three he I guess, Julie, you would give me the benefit of the doubt, because maybe some of these beings, as we know from the Hatha Yoga, Pradipika, some of these beings like Matsyendranatha or Garakshanatha, allegedly, they don't ever leave. They're like always wandering about looking for disciples. So that's true of Abhinava. I actually met one of uh, Lakshmanju's disciples, Swami so Lakshmanju's disciples. And she said to me, he's he's still around. And she told me to contact him, like meditate on him and and speak to him and trust that I would get a response because he's still very much present she said, with so much intensity in his eyes. What is Julie saying here? Yeah, (laughs) right. (laughs) So now um, you might, when you go on YouTube and you listen to some of these various renditions, some of them are like in classical Indian styles like that, you might like that a lot. There was one rendition that really like just caught my heart. It was just so beautiful and so sing-songy. And that is the Lakshmanju... Um fellowship, the United Shiva Shiva United Fellowship, Universal Shiva Fellowship. I think now they go by Lakshmanju Academy. I don't. I, I've I've had a very only like YouTube interaction with Georgie. Um So I don't. Unfortunately, I haven't really met john and denise hughes or georgie or anything but I'm, I'm so grateful for them and for their community because they were all disciples of swami lakshmanju who lived with him for a long time so we in our community we've studied some of mark jakowski's work right we studied um his doctrines of vibration we looked at many of his translations for many things so even when we're studying the Vijana bhairava we're very indebted to the way mark g has divided the various um parts of the text into little categories if you will like like Void practices or sound practices or pleasure ecstasy practices. And so taking inspiration for Mark G's classification of that text has inspired us a lot, right? In our own Vijnana Bhairava studies. So we studied some of Mark G's work. We've also, some of us have looked at Alexis Sanderson's work. So he's not a practitioner, he's more a scholar, but his work on Shaivism is very illuminating especially his work on mandalas and Shaiva agamic rituals and stuff like that. Like he's really brought to light a lot of stuff that I never knew in my whole life, you know. Um, so we have Alexis Anderson. Some of you, you know, when you study the Paramarthasara, you might be reading some stuff by uh, uh, Lynn Bassant-Boudon and she often cites Lillian Silbern's work. Lillian Silburn, the French Shaiva academic, she, she also was with Lakshmanju. And some of you might be familiar with this very sweet, beautiful book called Zen Flesh, Zen Bones. Um, It's mostly like Zen stories. It's a compilation of Zen stories. But at the very back, and this is quite cool, there is the first ever, I think, English translation of the Bhairava. There's no Sanskrit. There's no Devanagari. It's just a very poetic and easy and beautiful translation by a man named Paul Reps, who apparently uh, met Lakshmanju. And he learned from Lakshmanju the Bhairava, And he even learned which of, uh, you know, the verses are Swami Lakshmanju's favorite. So that's all this story, Lakshmanju. When they sang the Bhairava stava and I heard their melody, it like really took my heart. It's such a beautiful melody. So I thought like maybe in our community, when we sing the Bhairavastava in honor of Swami Lakshmanju, who himself is considered to be an incarnation of Abhinavagupta, you know, in, in honor of that Universal Shaiva Fellowship or the Lakshmanju Academy people to whom we owe much, much of a debt, you know, like quite a big debt. Like what a great community. And so many, they've published so many invaluable conversations with the master, Swami Lakshmanju. So I thought maybe in our community, just kind of as a nod to theirs, we could sing, and we're all one community, all, all, all non-dual tantrikas. But I thought we could sing the air melody. So it's it's in Trishtub, and the way that melody goes like Vyapta chara chara bhava vishesham chin mayam anantam anatam sharanyam tan maya chitta tayahridivande. Isn't that so sweet? Isn't that so beautiful? Maybe Swami Lakshmanju taught them to sing it that way. I don't know how they started singing that melody, but I really like it. It might be a Kashmiri folk melody. I don't know. Um Swami Lakshmanju, though, he would sing in that Kashmiri style. Some of you might be familiar. He's like, Like that. He sings like that in that Kashmiri style um and so when i you know i've never sung the the devi stava i only go tava chakachana stutir ambike sakala shabada mai kilate tanu even that is a astrup uh, i think tava i think it's anustra astrup as well so I, I when i started singing that i sung it in the lakshmanju melody because that was the first time i had heard it sung or or chanted in that way i would only previously heard it recited you know anyway so that's how Lakshmanju used to sing and, and how he was fond of singing. But I, I, I don't know where they got this melody, so I can't really cite it. But maybe it's a Kashmir folk melody. Someone, somebody watching this video maybe can tell me. Sometimes Georgie will drop something in the comments. Maybe if he's watching this video, George, Georgie, help me out. Like, where did that melody come from? You know, it's such a beautiful melody. So I thought we could chant that melody today. Now, why do we chant it today? I, did, I Not only do I want to make this part of our culture here in our community, that we chant the chandi at least first and third hymns. And besides the chandi, we chant some Bhairavastava. But particularly today, I want to chant it because um, we're going to have that demonology lecture. And, and and it's one of the very important motifs and themes that recur in in, in the Bhairava Stava of Abhinavagupta. Gupta. So, we, you know, by the way, I did a whole lecture some time ago on the Bhairava Stava of Abhinavagupta. Gupta. So I, I'm going to restrain myself and not say more about it. It's a wonderful um, po- piece of po- poetic brilliance. And if I start, I won't stop. So I'm just going to put on the screen now, again, in honor of the... Lakshman Academy people, I'm going to put on the screen one of their translations. I think Mark G. translated it. So this is Mark's translation of the Bhairava Stava. And let's maybe start with that. So you should be able to see it on your screen in just a few moments. Do you see it? It should come. Okay, it should come now. You see it? You can see it now? Okay, good. Can you? No, not yet? You still can't see it? Oh my God, it says, it says that I'm screen sharing. Anyway, let me try again. Oh, weird. Okay, let me try again. No, it's it's weird because it's October, so it's supposed to be pretty cold and most of you are all wrapped up in shawls. But in LA, it's like 80 degrees. It's so hot. <laughs> and I went to the beach today. Sorry, I'm, I'm rubbing in it in a bit to throw all the, the puja flowers, the prasad flowers into the ocean. I was like, it's October. What is this? Anyway, so here I'm gonna try one more time. Otherwise, I'm just gonna put it in the Discord or something and then you'll all have it. The Bhairavastava or the Bhairavastutra of Abhinava Gupta here translated by Mark G. I I won't read the translation, I'll, I'll just sing it through and then you can sing it with me. Do you see? Perfect, so I thought it's nice to have the lyrics on the screen so that you can see it and chant along. So let's chant. So this is the Bhairava Stava of Abhinava Gupta in Trishtubh meter. Oh my God. Andrea is saying it's 34 and snowing by 10. Where she is? Oh my God. Okay. All right. Stay warm, you people. It's good. I'm glad it's cold and you're all cozy. And so that, that way I think the ghost stories will really hit. So here we go. This is Bhairava Stava. Let's just chant um, the mantra to Lord Bhairava and we'll chant the Stava together. Oh, oh. Shraung yang rang lang wang ang krong mahakala bairava saru vikna nashaya nashaya om hring shring hum pat swaha om maha bhairavaya shivaya namaha vyapta chara chara bhava vishesham chinmayam ekam manantam manadim Bhairavaanatam manatasaranyam tan maya chetataya Tvam mayam etadashesham idanim bhati tvadanugraha shaktya tvam cha mahesha sadaiva mamatma swatmam mayam mamma tena samastam Svātmāni viṣva kate tvāyināte tenāna saṅśritti dhīte kātosti. Sat svāpi durdhāra dhūka vimoha trāsa karma ganeshu Antaka maang prati madrisham minam krodakarala tamang vidadhihi. Shankara sevana chintanodhiro bhishana bhairava shakti mayosmi Ta muppodha bhavan maya samved Didhiti dharita bhuri tamishra mrityur yamantakka karma Pishachair nata namostu najatu Proditta Satya Vibhodha marichi, Prokṣitā Viṣvā Padārta Sātātva Bhāva paramrita Nirbhara Pūrne Tvāyoham Ātmāni Manasagocharam go charam metiya daiva daiva mamatvad abheda strotra paramrita ta vrishṭi sātyam idam snānā tāpo bhāva tāpavīnāśī Tavaka Shastra Paramrita Chinta Sindhyati Chetasi Nivriti Satyati Gāyati Hrishyati Ghādham Apya Mekam Ayagyam Vasūrasa Paushe Krishna Dasham Innava Gupta Stava Medham So, shamayati jati ti janasya dayalu. Shamayati jati ti janasya Oh, oh, mitti sampurnam hara hara mahadeva. Home. With single-pointed mind, I am praying to that supreme, all-pervading Lord Shiva, who is himself present in each and everything that exists, who is all-pervading and imminent in that which moves and that which doesn't, Chara and āchara. And who through realization reveals to me that he is the one Lord Bhairava, who is the refuge of the Lordless, Those who have no other Lord but Him. This entire world is nothing but my own existence and expression. It shines forth in me as me. And I have realized that through the energy of your grace. You are the one true Lord, Mahesha. And I am eternally ever one with you. This very self is non-different from that very Lord. And this universe is its expression. O possessor of everything, through your devotees, though your devotees might be bound by karma and various things like lack of attainment, like suffering, like delusion, even then they are not afraid. Because having realized this universe is nothing but you, they fear nothing, because fear only exists when there is some other to inflict it upon me. But where there is none other, then how can such fear arise? O angel of death, do not look at me Oh my god, it's not okay. O angel of death, do not look at me with such wrathful and frightening eyes. You can do me no harm. For I am always absorbed in the unceasing worship of Lord Shiva, Shankara Sevana. And I am constantly reflecting and contemplating that Lord. And I am constantly meditating upon him. And as such, I have become infused with the energy of the terrifying Bhairava. As such, your dreadful and frightening looks can do me no harm. O Lord Bhairava, I pray to you who has awakened in me the realization that everything is nothing but you. As a result of this awakening, all the tamas, all the darkness and delusion of my heart has been destroyed, and as such, I have no disgust for the evil family of demons. I'm not afraid of death, nor am I afraid of the Lord of death, nor am I afraid of the angel of death, nor do I have any such aversion to the pishachas, the vetalas, the Rakshashas, or the Asuras, having recognized that all these are nothing but You. By praising You, Lord, I have attained such non-aversion. O oh Lord, through Your power, it has been revealed unto me that all of this is activated and enlivened by You. I myself have become saturated with immortal devotion, and I experience tranquility of waveless mind upon having this realization. O oh Lord, from time to time, it is true I feel misery, It arises in my mind and causes me much torment, like the scorching midday sun. But, whenever I think of you, in any moment in which I do so, like a shower of cool rain, I suddenly remember my oneness with you, and as such, my mind feels appeased. O Lord, it's true, through charity, through, uh, sorry, it's true, O Lord, through making vows, through giving donations in charity, through taking sacred baths, through various austerities, it's true that all worldly pains subside. But more important and more powerful than all of this is simply remembering you, remembering your words, and thinking about you with a mind made full of joy. As such, my heart becomes peaceful and my mind becomes quiescent. And because of this, O Lord Bhairava, I become intoxicated. My conscious being, Nrityati sings, Gayati dances, I I dance and sing intoxicated with the nectar of this consciousness which is none other than Bhairava. I have performed the only ritual that is pleasing to you, that ritual of non-duality in which I have sacrificed all plurality into the fire of my knowledge. This attainment is very difficult to attain, Durlabham, by other means such as mountains of ritual or at any other time except at the right time, like two lovers meeting at the appointed hour. And as such, I, Abhinava Gupta, have have been moved to compose this hymn, first of all because I am inspired by your glory and second of all because of the daya, the compassion I feel for all of your worshippers. It's clear that by meditation and recitation of this hymn, within a moment, that merciful Lord Bhairava destroys the torments and sufferings springing from this wilderness of samsara. Om Bhairavastava in its completion of Abhinava Gupta, composed in 993 AD. So that, our first selection today, Bhairavastava of Abhinava Gupta. I hope you enjoyed it. And notice that there's a constant theme of fearlessness. Like, hey, angel of death, Nice try, but you can't quite scare me. So that word antaka, it's repeated. And then notice the word pishach. is that nice? We talked about the pishach earlier as a pishacha. And you might know um, some other songs also where that word pishach is used. You'll find it in the Mahishasura mardini Sutram. Lord Shiva is described as like the Lord of ghosts who is in love with um, Mahisha Mardini, the slayer of the demon Mahishasura. So there, that's there, you know. So now the next thing I want to read you um, is actually some stuff to Kali by Swami Vivekananda. So there's a kind of continuity here. So Abhinava Gupta and Swami Vivekananda, I think, in my opinion, have a lot of similarities. And both of them have composed innumerable hymns to Shiva and to Kali. So I'm going to read you now. I think I'll just use the remaining time to do it. And maybe we'll chant um, our chandi later after the lecture, just looking at the time now. But I want to read to you now two poems by Swami Vekananda they're both in English the Swami Vekananda wrote poems to Kali to the Divine Mother and there are two that I'd like to read to you the first is called Kali the Mother in fact this poem is also the title of a very beautiful book by Sister Nivedita let me show it to you Sister Nivedita is Swami Vekananda's protege it's his like main disciple if you will I think at least um and she perhaps understood him best. She put out a nine, I, I don't know how many volumes, quite a bit, but she put out a complete works. And this is from that complete works. It's a standalone copy also. It's called Kali, the Mother. And I like my cover a lot. It's so cool. Kali, the Mother. And it's Sister Nivadita reflecting on the goddess Kali and who she is and what it means to, to worship her. So it's of course named after this poem called Kali, the Mother, which I mean to read to you now. So this is Kali, the Mother by Swami Vivekananda. The stars are blotted out. The clouds are covering clouds. It is darkness, vibrant, sonant. In the roaring, whirling wind are the souls of a million lunatics just loosed from the prison house, wrenching trees by the roots, sweeping all from the path. The sea has joined the fray and swirls up mountain waves to reach the pitchy sky. The flash of lurid light reveals on every side a thousand, thousand shades of death begrimed and black, scattering plagues and sorrows, dancing mad with joy. Come, mother, come, for terror is thy name. Death is in thy breath, and every shaking step destroys a world for error. Thou, time, the all-destroyer, come, O mother, come. Who dares misery love and hug the form of death? Dance in destruction's dance. To him the mother comes. Om Kring Kalkai Vidmahe Smashanavasinye Dimahe Tannoghore Om Poem to Mother Kali. Now, what a terrifying and intimidating poem. And Swami Vivekananda always waxes terrifying when he's talking about Mother Kali. So look at this imagery. Like th- there are these mountain waves, if you will, in this like dark, stormy ocean. That itself is quite terrifying. Like an ocean at night, tossing in the tumult of a storm, you know? And the waves are are leaping so high that they're reaching for the pitchy skies. The sky's all black. And there's like this lurid flash of lightning, this like red flash of lightning. It's a pretty macabre scene, right? Like very Halloween-esque, just that one scene. And not to mention the lunatics newly loosed from the asylum who are running around mad and wrenching trees by their roots. Like what a what a scene. Like they're just loose from the prison house, wrenching trees by the roots, sweeping all from the path. So just this idea of like, like a like a flash mob, if you will, of crazy people, of raving lunatics who are just let loose upon society. Like these two images of like societal evil, you know, and uh, not evil but just chaos and environmental evil. And Swamiji seems to be saying that she's both. She is the madman in the streets, and she is the uh, storm in the sea, if you will. And then you know he's talking about the, the these shades. The flash of lurid light reveals shades of death, begrimed and black. So what are these shades? You know, maybe they're the Pishachas, the Vetalas, the various demons. They're like ghosts and goblins. And what do they do? They scatter plagues and sorrows. And now in in the midst of all of this, it says dancing mad with joy. So all the ghosts are dancing mad with joy, right? The ghosts are like, ha ha ha, dancing. The shades are dancing. Maybe even the lunatics are dancing. Maybe even the ocean waves are dancing. They're all dancing mad with joy. What are they saying? Come mother, come. Just think about that. Like all these lunatics all the ocean waves, all the ghosts, they're all thronging around the divine mother and they're praising, come mother, come mother, come. You know, they're chanting Jayamakali, Kali It's almost like an inversion of the Chandi, where you know, all the gods are gathering around the mother and like they're 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 pouring flowers upon her feet and pouring libations and praising her, you know, Devya, The the gods are praising her. Here it seems like all the demons are are calling to her. And then who is she? Terror is her name. Death is her breath. And every shaking step destroys a world forever. She's time, the all-destroyer. Come, oh mother, come. Julie is saying it reminds me of Nightmare on Bald Mountain. I don't know that one. That sounds awesome. Nightmare on Bald Mountain from Fantasia. I think, yeah, I think I think I might like it. I like all this, like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll check it out. This is like the Edgar Allan Poe stuff. And now we've got some. Some new stuff from Julie. (laughs) Can you say something about it? Like, like what is it exactly? So, Fantasia was something that came out from Disney when I was a kid. So, it must have been, like, maybe it was more, like, before that, maybe, like, the early 80s, not sure. But it's classical music that they animated to. And Nightmare on Bald Mountain is, like, demons just like spreading their wings and like ghosts crawling up you're gonna everybody should check this out in the context of what you're saying because it's perfect wow that that i wish that we could like i don't know if, if this was like um if this was a retreat or something i wish we could like just like air all this stuff like what if this was a retreat and we were all together in person like i think what we'd watch tonight is that but also i'd like to show you um, uh, like some Indian film adaptations of the Vikram Vetala, that story of the ghost that we're gonna talk a little bit about in the lecture. <laughs> so all these cool things. thank you, Julie, for that recommendation. But notice, like it's just so fierce. like what you're getting here is like no nonsense horror you know and 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 in the chandi you get so much gore also but this is not something that the mother destroys like in the chandi it's like gory and stuff but there at least the mother is destroying demons here in this kali the mother it seems like the violent forces of nature which can be personified as demons and like people who are driven mad which is also something that happens when they're under the influence of like demons and actual demons shades begrimed and black like all of them are here gathered around saying come mother come and this mother that's being described this is quite apropos because kali puja is coming this mother who's being described she is terror she is death her shaking steps destroy worlds forever oh see julia's put here in the the 1940 recut in 2000s cool Okay, can someone can you drop that link in the Discord, Julie? Because I don't want to I don't want to lose it when I when I end this when I end this Zoom. I'm gonna be scared like I'll lose that. So put it in the Discord. That'd be so cool. Okay, so then he then says, you know, who who can worship the mother? You know, who's fit to worship the divine mother in her true form as Mother Kali, emaciated and black? She says. He says. She says. I mean, yes, she says. Um, in the pen of Swami Vivekananda, she says, "Who dares misery? Love? Do you love misery?" Who dares misery love and hug the form of death? Will you hug the form of death? Will you dance in destruction's dance? To him, the mother comes. You know, so she's, what a powerful teaching here that Swami Vivekananda, it's a non-dual teaching. I once asked my guru about all this stuff and and he was saying like Swami Vivekananda's poems to Mother Kali, they're about non-duality and above all, they're about renunciation. They're the ultimate poems of renunciation. And if you're worshiping Mother Kali, a lot of people say it's because you're attracted to high ideals in spiritual life. And she represents perhaps the very highest of ideals to see divinity in that which is dark, to see beauty in that which is miserable. You know, and that's the ultimate destruction of the mind and its various dualistic categories. That's the first poem I want to read you. That's Kali the Mother by Swami Vivekananda. So these two together, Bhairavastava of Abhinavagupta, which talks about fearlessness in the face of various ghosts and goblins and angels of death. And then this Kali the Mother, which describes the, the dark mother Kali in such powerful language. I think they're quite special and quite important for today's class. Hello, Brooke. Namaste. Hello, Tendril. Namaste. Welcome, welcome digambari Gum Davies. Yeah, I'm just now noticing everyone is coming in. So, oh, hello Yoshiji. Yoshi has joined Andrea. Good to have you all. Welcome, and Paula, welcome. I think you're new, but welcome, Paula. There's Julie. Oh, Amrita is back from walking dog. Okay, good. Rebecca, namaste. Ian is there. Okay, anyway, I, I could spend all day I just get so excited when you're all here. Okay, so now I'm gonna read you another poem in the in the time that we have left. We'll save the chandi maybe for later. And if we don't get to it together in a community, know that we're all, of course all gonna be chanting it anyway. But um. Now I want to read you the second of the two poems by Swami Vivekananda. This one is called, And Let Shyama Dance There. Shem, Shem in ben- Bengali, Shem means like the dark one. It means dark or black, but not really, actually. If I want to be really technically precise about it, Shem um, is the color of the storm cloud. So it's like dark, gray, purple, black, like whatever a dark storm cloud looks like. Vigang Viga- Him, vigatam baram. You know, Shava Shiva, Rudham, tretram, param. So the the color of the storm cloud. So let Shyama dance there. Is of course a poem to Mother Kali in her Shyama form, Black Mother, Dark Goddess. So I'm going to read you this poem now. It's a little longer, but we'll just get into the get into the um the vibe of it. So here you go, Kali, uh, described in this form, and let Shyama dance there. Beauteous blossoms, ravishing with perfume, swarms of maddened bees buzzing all around. The silver moon, a shower of sweet smile, which all the dwellers of heaven above shed lavishly upon the homes of earth. The soft malaya breeze, whose magic touch opens to view distant memories' falls, Murmuring rivers and brooks, rippling lakes. With restless brahmaras wheeling over, gently waving lotuses, unnumbered. Foaming flow cascades, a streaming music To which echo mountain caves in return Warblers full of sweet flowing melody Hidden in leaves pour hearts out Love's discourse The rising orb of day, the painter divine, with his golden brush but lightly touches the canvas earth, and a wealth of colors floods at once over the bosom of nature, truly a museum of lovely hues, waking up a whole sea of sentiments. The roll of thunder, the crashing of clouds, war of elements spreading earth and sky darkness vomiting forth blinding darkness the pralaya wind angrily roaring in quick bursts of dazzling splendor flashes blood-red terrific lightning dealing death monster waves roaring like thunder foaming rush impetuous to leap mountain peaks the earth booms furious reels and totters sinks down to its ruin hurled from its place piercing the ground stream forth tremendous flames mighty ranges blow up in atoms into atoms a lovely villa on a lake of blue Festooned with clusters of water lilies The heart blood of grapefruits Capped with white foam Whispering softly Tells tales of passion The melody of the harp Floods the ears And by its air Time and harmony rich Enhances desire In the breast of man What stirring of emotions How many hot sighs of love and warm tears coursing down the bimba red lips of the youthful fair the two blue eyes two oceans of feelings the two hands eager to advance love's cage in which the heart like a bird lies captive the martial music bursts the trumpets blow the ground shakes under the warrior's tread the roar of cannon the rattle of guns volumes of smoke the gruesome battlefield. The thundering artillery vomits fire in thousand directions. Shells burst and strike vital parts of the body. Elephants and horses mounted are blown up in space. The earth trembles under this infernal dance. A million heroes mounted on steeds charge and capture the enemy's ordnance, piercing through the smoke and shower of shells and rain of bullets. Forward goes the flag, the emblem of victory of heroism, with the blood yet hot streaming down the staff. Followed by the rifles, drunk with war spirit, lo, the ensign falls, but the flag proceeds, onwards on the shoulder of another, under his feet swell heaps of warriors perished in battle but he falters not the flesh hankers for contacts of pleasure the senses for enchanting strains of song the mind hungers for peals of laughter sweet the heart pants to reach realms beyond sorrow say who care exchange who cares exchange the soothing moonlight for the burning rays of the noontide sun the wretch whose heart is like the scorching sun. Even he fondly loves the balmy moon. Indeed, all thirst for joy. Breeds there the wretch who hugs pain and sorrow to his bosom. Misery in his cup of happiness. Deadly venom in his drink of nectar. Poison in his throat and yet he clings to hope. Lo, how all are scared by the terrific. None seek a location. The name means the wild-haired one. None seek Eilokeshi, whose form is death. The deadly, frightful sword, reeking with blood, they take from her hand and put there a lute instead. Thou dreaded Kali, the all-destroyer, thou alone art true. Thy shadow's shadow is indeed the pleasant Vanamali. O oh, terrible mother, cut quick the core, Illusion dispel the dream of happiness. Rend asunder the fondness for the flesh. True, they garland thee in skulls, but shrink back in fright and call thee, oh, all merciful, at thy thunder peal of awful laughter, at thy nudeness, for space is thy garment. Their hearts sink down with terror. But they say, it is only the demons that mother kills, right? (laughs) They only pretend they wish to see thee. But when the time comes, at thy sight they flee. Thou art death to each and all in the world. Thou distributest the plague and disease, vessels of venom filled by thine own hands. O thou insane, thou but cheatest thyself. Thou dost not turn thy head, lest thou behold I, the terrible form of the mother. Thou courtest hardship, Hoping happiness, thou wearest the cloak of bhakti and worship, with minds full of achieving selfish ends. The blood from the severed head of a kid fills thee with fear. Thy heart throbs at the sight, verily a coward. Compassionate? Bless my soul, a strange state of things indeed. To whom shall I tell the truth? Who will see? Free thyself. From the mighty attraction, the maddening wine of love, the charm of sex. Break the heart, forward with the ocean's cry. Drink tears, pledge even life, let the body fall. Awake, O hero, shake off thy vain dreams. Death stands at thy head, does fear become thee? O load of misery, true though it is, this becoming. Know this to be thy God, his temple, the smashana. Among corpses and funeral pyres, unending battle—that verily is his sacred worship. Constant defeat; let that not unnerve thee. Shattered, belittle self, home, name, and fame. Set up a pyre of them, and make thy heart a burning ground, and let Shiva dance there. Om Jayanti Mangala Kali Bhadra Kali, Kapalini Durga Kshama Shivadatri Swaha Swadhana Musute Om Ring Ring Eshadipa Kalikaye Devye Namaha Ring Kalikaye Vidmahe Smashanavasinye Deemahe Tannogore Prachodayat Om Tannogore Prachodayata. Om. Om hmm. So did you notice? Like in both of those poems, when you read the poems together, right? Kali the mother, notice he's saying, who dares, who who will dance in destruction's dance? Who dares hug misery, you know, who, who loves misery, who will hug death like that. And in the next poem, he's also talking about that. Sin. So there's these motifs of like drunkenness the earth is reeling and tottering, mother is drunk, she's like maddened with the wine, of you know, and then there's these motifs of like human evil, like war, like there's this martial element and there's Venetian elements, like the human elements of war and love, right, Mars and Venus, but there's also natural elements of the Malaya breeze and then the Pralaya breeze, like the comparison of nature and her sweetness and nature and her terror. So notice all throughout the poem, you're being drawn between these two extremes of like intense beauty and intense suffering. And what Swamiji is, is showing us is that Ma Kali is both of those things. And to consider that is to render the mind asunder. The mind doesn't know how to handle that sort of thing. It's a powerful non-dual poem. So I thought today, before we start the lecture, I thought it would be nice to chant Bhairavastava, which is full of ghost goblins and all sorts of things, uh, Kali the mother, and of course, this last poem, Let Shyama Dance There. Okay, now let's begin the lecture proper. So happy Halloween, one and all. And thank you so much for all coming om shanti 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 hi om tat sat shri ram krishna arpanam